welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. We exist to be a life-giving church in our community that helps people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and go make a difference. Here you will find weekly sermons and teachings from our Sunday services. Let's dive into this week's message. Hello, everybody. It's Pastor Mickey. Man, it's so good to have you on the podcast. Man, it's just an honor. It's an honor to have amazing people like you joining us every single week. Well, today's topic is a crucial topic in this series called Essentials. It is essential that you have vision for your life. And not just a vision, but a godly vision. Because your personal godly vision in your life ultimately impacts the godly vision he has for the church. Because you are the church. And so today as you listen, I hope that you will listen attentively and as we even talk about Crossroads Community Church a little bit in one part and truly understand what God is doing and what he's calling us to. And so today I just, I just wanted to do a, a sermon that literally one of the things that is extremely essential is your vision. And I'm not talking about your vision as far as like I see you, you see me. I'm talking about the vision, what governs your life, what what is your purpose? What's behind everything that you do? In fact, a lot of people say, well, Mickey, that's probably the issue. I don't, I don't really have a vision. And I would say you're wrong because your vision always shows up because you have fruit in your life and the fruit that you produce will tell me what your vision is. Like it'll tell me every time. If somebody that, that is, and, and I'm gonna say these things very carefully, but if somebody's never home, never around their kids, never around their spouse, but they're working all the time and they're so thankful for their status and what they're doing and they may be a great financial provider for their home, but that's the only thing they're really doing, then that tells me that their vision is to be a very successful person. You know what I'm saying? If somebody is constantly like, like they always going, they always playing, they're always joking around, they never take a moment serious. It's like you can't have a serious conversation with them. Then that tells me that in their heart, their vision is that they, they just don't want to miss life. They want to have fun, right? Like I'm going to live it to the best. In fact, I, I thought of a few, and you'll see these on the screen. I think a lot of people, when it comes to the vision, what the world tells us is a part of people's vision is they're like, you know what, number one, I want you to know me. Yeah, I want you to know me. It's, it's one of those things that's like, like when it's all said and done, like, like that guy that said there's no I in team, yeah, but there's a me. You know, if you look at team, there's a me in there. And it's like, and you're like, I just want you to know me. And everything that they do, and even in this world, everything they're doing, there's always that, that personal pronoun that keeps showing up in their life and the things that they're doing. It's always about I and me and I and me. And whether well, you want to go do this? Well, I don't know if I want to because I would like to do this. And, and we always want to do this. And usually the we's always has a me because you're always doing what it is. You know those people, right? The people that you just ask them where they want to go eat, because the reality is, is if you don't ask them, then, then they're going to be miserable the whole time. You ever had those people in your life? All right? Like, you're just like, just tell me where you want to go, because that's just going to be easier than you sitting there moping the whole time because we're at some place you didn't want to eat, you know? And the only thing they think about is themselves. 
I'm making that a little bit dramatic. I don't know of any of those people that are here. So for the the elbowing each other, I wasn't talking about you, all right? I wasn't talking about anybody in my family. I was just saying that's what the world a lot of times will say is that, you know, like, like I want people to know me. Like the key to this life is that at the end that I will be known. Another thing that I think you'll see is people will turn around and, and they're like, you know what? I want to find my fame. Like I want to find fame. I want to find like, like people not only know me, but like I'm known for something that's of importance. I am the CEO, the COO, the CPO, the CDO, the OCD, whatever it is that you need to put in there. And when it comes to like, like I want to find fame. I remember growing up, I grew up in Nashville. And it was funny when people would find out I was from Nashville, they always asked me the same question. Do, do you know any country music singers? And you're like, like Nashville's a little bit bigger than that. I grew up in a little town called Mount Juliet. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, so do you know any country music singers? You know? And the other thing is they expect me to have a guitar. Like, hey, what do you play the guitar? And I'm like, you can tell by my accent, a lot of people think I'm from New York. But I'm like, no, actually, I'm from, from Nashville, Tennessee. And, and, but you grow around these people, and you do end up meeting some people that we would call famous, and you realize that, that the thing that they want more than anything is just a simple, ordinary life. And the people that have the simple, simple ordinary life, you know what they want more than anything? It's almost like they, they want this fame. They, they, they not only want things to be about them, but they want to be known. Like, I want to find my fame. Like, woohoo! I'm known for something. In fact, we see different organizations, different television shows, different things that are out there that are all about people trying to find their fame. In fact, another thing they want to do is they want to discover their platform. A part of finding their fame, they also want to discover a platform. And boy, are we not in that in 2023. Like everybody, like I'm going to stand for something. You're like, well, I don't know if that's right. Well, I don't care, but I got to stand for something. I got to have a platform. Like in 2023, this is my platform. And people will be your best friend, and all of a sudden you hit a hot topic, and that's not, and they're, oh, this is my platform. And they will leave you. They will forsake you. They will not talk to you. And you're like, I had no idea that you were a vegan. I didn't mean to make that joke. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but different people have different platforms, and they're looking for those. And I think it's all summed up from the very, very last one. And it's basically where they just, you know what? I just want to make a dollar. I think these four things kind of sum up where we are in our world. People are constantly, when it comes to the vision in their life, they want to be known, they want to find fame, they want to discover a platform, and they want to make a dollar. You say, Mickey, what's your, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I'll be honest with you, I don't have a whole lot of thoughts as much as I just try to be aware. The only thought that I have is, is out of those four things, None of them are ever satisfying. In fact, I've never known anybody that's made enough money. Isn't that crazy? I mean, I know some people that got a lot of money, and they're still trying to make a little bit more money. And I'm going, my goodness, at what point is enough? Like, share the wealth, right? <laughs> you know? But it's, well, I know people that are pretty famous, but yet they're still desiring to do more. There's a reason why people retire and then come back. And try to do one more tour. I heard the other day that the, the uh, NSYNC is getting ready to do another little, little tour. And I was like, what part of bye, bye, bye did you not understand? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like it was really cool. But like, like Justin, you, like, 
Like, you better get your, your, your sports creams and stuff ready. You're going to be hurting, right? You know, but, and, and they're not stupid. Why? Because there's a troll movie coming out and all this other stuff. But it's just funny how people come and go. Now, on the other end, I've spent good money going to, uh, you know, a Def Leppard concert and realized that everybody's like, they've lost all their hair. I'm like, what just happened there, right? But it's this aspect of, of fame and fortune and making a dollar. But the problem is, is it's never enough. And here's all that to say this. Listen, your vision... Your vision for your personal life is a bigger deal than what you realize. In fact, can I put it a different way? I want to ask you a question, and I'm going to pause, and I'm not going to let it be awkward. And obviously, this isn't something I want you to blurt out. But what is your vision for your life? You know, it's it's one of those things you you turn around, and, and you have this aspect of a vision. And I don't know about you. I can talk about me, Okay. I remember I really didn't know what I was wanting to do, and then all of a sudden showed up, somebody showed up in my eighth grade class, and they told me to take this test, and they told me what I'd be good at. And I was like, oh, I, well, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. And then I had some different relationships, and I really liked sports, and I wanted to do something with sports and medicine, and I, had, I was like, I'm going to go do physical therapy, sports, and medicine. And, and, and honestly, if it wouldn't have been for a time that I paused in my life, I'd probably still be running towards that desire. Because most people, I think, go from school to adulthood to all of a sudden elderly to looking back at life and you were to ask them, why did you do what you did? They would answer it this way. Because that's the door that opened. They never stopped to really pray about it. They never stopped to ask, what are my values? They never stopped to ask, what's, what's the vision I have? What do I really want out of life? What do I want other people out of life? In fact, here's the way I wrote it in here. Two different times you will see the word vision, and I want to make sure you understand this. You're going to see two different scriptures. One is Proverbs 29, 18. It says, where there is a vision, where there is no vision, the people perish. You've heard that many, many times. And then Habakkuk. Right? In Habakkuk, you've also heard where he tells him, he says, write the vision, make it plain on the tablets. And people say, well, see, that's an aspect of the church and why the church should have vision. And the reality is, if you were to look at those words, they come from a Hebrew word, all right? And it's called chazen. And it's actually not vision like, like, here's something I want to go do. It's actually the Hebrew word that stands for a, a prophecy, or a prophetic vision. In other words, it's not good enough just to have a vision for your life. What you need to have is a godly vision from the Lord that dictates where your life is going. Like we need a a prophetic vision. We need something that is, is of prophecy. Now I know in 2023, you say the word prophecy and people start like, they immediately think, like, what are you talking about? Like, end times and, and what's going to happen and being able to tell somebody, like, I'm going to look in this crystal ball. No, no, no. I'm talking about a prophetic word. In other words, the Word of God is a prophetic word. It tells you not only what has happened, but what's going to happen. And it's the truth. And it's been revealed. And that aspect is, is that if you don't have a prophetic word in your life, then you're going to find yourself constantly wondering and struggling when it comes to vision. In fact, here's the way I wrote it in my notes. The vision of the church affects the people, but the vision of the people affect the church. See, I believe a lot of times we show up in churches 
and, and we're like, what's their vision? And they, everybody's got it differently, right? Well, we're going we're gonna to exist to go out into all the nations and disciple and baptizing them and showing them the Word of God. And where we go, I mean, they got all these different ways of wording it in different ways, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. And the people come, and they're like, okay, that's the vision of the church. But then they leave, and they go do their own life. And I think what God really wants you to understand today is it's essential It's essential that you as an individual and that I as an individual start understanding that God has a vision for your life. God has put something in your heart to accomplish a particular vision. And with that, that not only does the church have a vision for his church, we call it Crossroads Community Church here, but also that you as a people being Crossroads Community Church, the vision you have will impact where this church goes. So it's probably really important that those two would get in line. Because the, the church to have a vision, and for you to have something that's totally opposite to that, well, you're gonna find yourself pulling against each other. Do you know why most people probably walk away from the church? It's not because the pastor was an idiot. It's not because they didn't do the right thing. It wasn't because they changed the color of the carpet and that wasn't the right color that they wanted. No, the reason why they walk away from the church is because they weren't on the same page. They didn't have the same vision. The church was saying that this was the priority and this is what God was calling them to do. And the person that was attending that was the church, because church is something you are, not somewhere you go, they just, they thought it was something different. In fact, can I share with you for just a minute our vision, and then I'm gonna tell you a little bit of exciting news. Our vision, just so we're all on the same page, is the aspect that we wanna be a life-giving church in our community. And it literally comes, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one. We're gonna be in two verses that literally share where we get the vision for our church. You say, well, why would you share that? Because before I can tell you where we're going, I gotta make sure you understand what the backbone is behind why we're doing it. Because if not, then we're gonna be pulling against each other. And I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, if you start pulling against each other, that's called a tug of war. And nobody wins. Even the people that gets pulled to the other side, they usually will drop the rope and walk away. So we wanna make sure that we're pulling on the same end of the rope. And so because of that, let me tell you how it starts out. It's awesome because we believe you pray first, right? In everything you do, you pray first. You say, well, Mickey, where does that come from? Well, it comes from our vision. Notice that in chapter one, verse 16, it says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in prayers. So before we even get to where we get the vision from, it starts with, you know what? I never cease to stop praying for you. As a church, we're going to pray first. And it always works itself out. But why? Because there's a vision and we're going to pray first. So now that we've prayed, then what are we gonna do? Well, here starts the scripture you'll see. In verse 17, here's what we're praying. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. Underline the word revelation if you have a paper Bible. If you're on an electronic Bible, highlight it. That word revelation in Greek is the same word that you can use cross-reference where we get the word vision. We pray that God will give you wisdom and give you a vision. We want you to know what he's calling you to. And then it keeps going. And here's where we get our four things. We pray that he will give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of knowing him. The first thing that we say is, you know what? The world 
right? The world tells you, I want you to know me. You know what we say? I want you to know me. I want you to know God. Because when it's all said and done, it's not about people knowing me. I want them to, to know God. If we keep reading, the second thing that it talks about here is very, very simple. In the next uh, scripture, it says that you would know God, may he give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of knowing him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened. Out of that, you know what we say? I don't want you to find fame. What I want you to do is I want you to find freedom. We pray that your heart will be enlightened, that you will know what he's calling you to. Why? Because we want you not to turn around and try to find fame. I want you to find freedom. In fact, here's the irony, right? Most people that are looking for fame are struggling with freedom. Most people that are looking for fame are struggling with insecurity, struggles, and different things in their life. We say, listen, don't search out for fame because fame ain't never filled anybody. There's a reason why the, the death rate in famous people, in particular with suicide, is so high. Why? Because they found something they thought they always wanted just to find it and realize it wasn't worth it. We want you to find freedom. We want you to be like, you know what? I'm good with exactly who God's called me to be. Knowing God is enough. The third thing that we get out of this that's our vision as we continue to read is that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. We get it, rather than you discovering a platform, we want you to discover your purpose. We want you to discover your purpose. Why? Because this scripture tells us that we want you to know the hope to what he's called you. Notice that he links your purpose with where you're gonna find hope. The reason why most people are struggling with hope is because, to be honest with you, they don't know what they're here for. That's just described the American culture right now. It really, there's really not a political war going on. What's going on is a war over hope. Where are you gonna find hope at? And listen, until people discover their purpose, they're still gonna struggle with where their hope is. And then the last thing that we get out of this scripture that's very, very clear, it's uh, in the next verses, that you know what is important or what your hope is to which he has called you to in the next part. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? and the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe. In other words, what we want you to do is we want you to not just make a dollar, we want you to make a difference. We want you to make a difference. See, these words are very, very simple, but notice how if you change one word, everything changes. When we start out and we just wanna know me, boy, you're never gonna be satisfied with that. But when the vision is to know God, now that changes everything. When everything's about finding fame, you're, you're never gonna find satisfaction in that. In fact, I want you to find freedom from that. Everything is not about discovering a platform, it's about discovering a purpose. And then it's not about making a dollar, it's about making a difference. You say, Mickey, why are you talking about that? Because that is the foundation in which everything is built. And so one of the ways that I put this is that we wanna be a life-giving church in our community. And I sum it up this way. When it's all said and done, we don't wanna live life simply for ourselves. Like when we get to the end of life, if the only person that benefited was myself, that's not much of a life. 
In fact, if that's the way your life is going, I'm going to go ahead and warn you. I visit people like you all the time. I go to different nursing homes and different places and will visit the elderly on a pretty regular basis because somebody will send me something and it's always a little bit irony because somebody that lives in Nashville will say, hey, you know, my, my mother lives down there in Cleveland. Would you go visit her? And I'm going, well, why aren't you visiting him? And I go and I visit these different people in these nursing homes and you know what I hear? I hear the same story. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad. I never have anybody come by to visit me. Oh, would you please come back at a different time? I am so lonely. Now, for some of you, you have people that you love very much that you had no other choice but to put them into a care facility. You know what I would tell you? There's nothing wrong with that. Just don't forget they're there. Like, take your tail over there today and go visit them. Your life's too busy if you haven't stopped and thought about it and you needed a message to remind you that you had a mother in a nursing home or you had a grandmother in a nursing home. I remember my mother used to take us. I never understood why. We'd go visit Nanny. And it was about every month. And that was my grandmother's mom. And we would go in there. And, we'd, and I was like, why are we doing this? Like, it smells weird. But she always had these little butterscotches. Mm, I love those butterscotches, right? So I was in it for the butterscotch. But it's one of those things that we would go over there. And, and we would spend just a little bit of time. But it made all the difference in the world. Why? Because we don't want to live life simply for ourselves. Because at the end of life, you're going to find yourself by yourself. You say, well, Mickey, how can we do that? Well, number one, we've got to have the right vision. We want to know God, find freedom, discover our purpose, and go make a difference. Can I go back to how I started this particular point? It does no good for the church to have a vision that the people have something totally different. Because you will find yourself in a tug of war. And so I want to ask you very lovingly that if you couldn't figure out a real answer for your vision earlier, I got a real good one for you. How about personally? You say, you know what? John 10.10 10 tells me the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, being Jesus, came to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. So therefore, as a believer in Christ, I'm going to be life-giving. And the way I'm going to be life-giving is that everywhere I go, I'm going to help people know God. I'm going to help people find freedom. I'm going to help people discover their purpose by me living out my purpose. And I'm going to make a difference and help other people make a difference. You say, well, Mickey, that would be pretty good. What would happen if you, if you did that? Then you'd be a part of this church. Then you would all of a sudden not just be going to church, you'd actually be the church and you'd be moving forward. You say, Mickey, why is this important? Well, now I get to get to the good stuff. Because your church is moving forward. But if you noticed a couple of weeks ago, I told you guys that we are in the process, if somebody votes well, that we're going to be able to, to purchase a building that we'll be able to do a lot of different ministry in, but it will not be a building big enough to necessarily hold Sunday morning. And, and I know a lot of you immediately were thinking two things. Uh, why would we do that? Because that doesn't resolve what we do on Sunday morning. And then what's my say in it? Well, I'm going to answer both those questions for you as a part of this vision message. The reason why we are doing that is if you look at our church and you look at our vision, and if we want to be life-giving in our community, the one thing we don't struggle with is Sunday mornings. Do you know that we can do everything that we want to do on Sunday mornings? Now, is it convenient? No. Is it exactly what we want? No. 
Are we done? No, we're only just beginning. We're only six years into this. But our weakness is not Sunday morning. You say, well, prove it to me. Well, look around. The issue is not Sunday morning. But do you know what our issue is? Well, I'll get to that in a minute. So your elders and myself, we started looking around. We're like, I'd love to find a building. Man, it'd be awesome if we could find a building. We need a building we can meet on Sunday morning and do everything for church. And listen, I got the building. I mean, I know where it is. People don't even know it's for sale, but I've talked to the people that are at that building, and they said they would sell it to us. You say, Mickey, let's go buy it. I'm willing to buy it. I need $6 million. <laughs> now, by your laugh, you probably thought the same thing that I thought. Well, stink. And I did the, oh, why don't you do something for Jesus and loved on them, but they just didn't respond to that. <laughs> they still wanted $6 million. And I talked to some people, and I thought, you know what? I definitely think we can get them down to $5 million, in which I still was like, hmm, we, we still ain't got $5 million. Uh, but it's one of those things that as we're going and doing things, like, like people, it should make perfect sense, right? And we want to be life-giving in our community, correct? And one of the ways we do that is the way we structure our finances. We are completely debt-free, praise the Lord. We actually have a three-month reserve as an emergency fund, praise the Lord. We actually have more money than that. We've doubled that emergency fund and put the money into a, not a retirement, but it's a Wesley Investment Foundation and getting 6% return. Your church right now, and this is not a business man, I'm just letting you know, like sometimes you don't know what's going on. Your church right now has roughly about $113,000 in the bank. So we started looking at other places that we could go. And we went and visited a church in, in Polk County that was awesome. Appreciate that pastor opening up to us. And they told us how they did all this stuff. And we realized that in Cleveland, at the absolute cheapest for what we're needing, because we need right now, we have every Sunday, 156 cars in the parking lot. So we got to find a place that'll park 156 cars. And that's just if we don't grow. Like that's with us, like everybody takes a number, the first 156 cars get to come to church, the rest of you got to go home. All right? And the other thing is we need a place that will probably hold about 500, which is less than what this room right here will hold. And to figure that out, we realized that we could probably do that not for 5 million. We think we could probably do that for roughly about 2.5 million. And you're like, man, that's still a lot of money, in which I would say, I agree. So we started thinking, well, well, well what will we do? And you know what we did? We did what we tell you to do. We prayed first. We said, Lord, I don't know what's next, but I know that we're not doing those things. And then out of the blue, literally, out of the blue through conversations, a gentleman got in contact, and we called a church called Parkway Baptist Church. And Parkway Baptist Church, if you go down 64 Highway, right before you get to the Shake Shack, listen, anything close to the Shake Shack, we call that the promised land, okay? But it's literally, it's on what's called Meadow Lane. It's right beside the Shake Shack is Parkway Baptist Church. And they have merged with Michigan Avenue Baptist Church. Their pastor, Pastor Joe White, is an awesome man and has been so awesome in the way he's dealt with us and his integrity because he had somebody in front of us and he wanted to make sure they had their plea. They got the chance to do it first and things didn't work out, so we were next in line. Long story short, because they have merged, he has this building that's three acres, has a worship center that was just renovated that'll hold about 160, has a back hallway on it that has six rooms along with two large rooms for a grand total of eight rooms, even has a little kitchen on the back of it. And they are willing to sell that 
Now that building and that property appraises as a, a appraisal for insurance, not the property appraisal. We're waiting to get a new one on that. The insurance appraisal. I'm all fired up. And they're like, okay, the insurance appraisal is $1.3 million. I was like, oh my goodness. Like, are we, are we ever going to move forward? And he said, but. And I was like, whoa. I heard the but. He said, but Mickey, we would sell it to you for 300000 Like, that'd be a good point to clap and make sure you're awake. To give you an idea, right now in Cleveland for $300,000, you may be able to buy a three-bedroom, one-bath house on a quarter of an acre. Not a facility that'll hold 160 people in the worship center, along with a back one that you can fit your offices, where we don't have to rent office space anymore because now we'll be owning a building, and have three acres that we can turn around and do different things on for $300,000. And so we've just been praying. And as soon as they voted yes, you know what? I started telling you guys, hey, man, we're going to get this. And didn't give you a chance because here's the great question. But, Mickey, why would we do that if we can't have church on Sunday morning? Because, because how big's the parking lot? Well, we're going to have to do some things to the parking lot. There's a gravel lot and there's a paved spot. The paved spot only has about 21 cars. But the, the gravel part, we can fit a lot more. We can probably almost double that. We probably get to 50 to 60 cars right now which tonight when we have a worship service over there, I need you to carpool, all right? Like you families that have eight, a.k.a. my family, we don't need to drive five cars there. Like let's all get in one car tonight. But we can do these different things and move forward because here's what we can do there. Are you ready? Your student ministry has been struggling a little bit because you know what students don't wanna do on Wednesday? They really don't wanna go back to school. And you know what we couldn't do on Wednesday? Do our own Wednesday night ministry because we were always at the beckon of a school. Like they would have a play. Well, we got to cancel. Well, we got back alert. We got to cancel. Guess what? We got a place now that'll hold 160 students at one time that we can do student worship every Wednesday night. He said, oh, well, that would be good. So we're buying a student building. <laughs> oh, nay, nay. This is not what we're buying is a student building. Because you don't know this, but like tomorrow night, there's going to be a women's GNO. They meet at the library. And there's anywhere from 24 to 25. We now have the ability for them to no longer have to worry about the library. Miss Kathy, who is awesome and, and has the greatest daughter I've ever met in my life, who also has the ability now to not have to schedule everything. Like whenever it's like you have a spot that the ladies can come that's lit, that there's plenty of parking, that you can do your GNO. We can also, during the summer, do children's camp out of this place. We can also, here's what we're going to do probably in February, a daddy-daughter dance. We can also do women's events and men's events. You say, what else can we do? We can do weddings there. You say, well, Mickey, hang on a second. What can we not do? One thing. There's only one thing we can't do. We don't have the ability to fit all of you on Sunday morning in there. You say, well, what are we going to do then? Are we going to build? Nope. We're going to keep doing what we're doing, and we're going to start stretching the vision and doing other things. I had a gentleman call me. He said, well, what are you going to call this place? Like, is it like the annex, or is it like the multi-purpose building? I said, no, it's our first dream center. 
going to be the place where we help people discover their dreams. And we use it to show people that God has dreams in their life. And if they'll listen to God, that, that the, their wildest dreams are not but a step away in obedience. You say, well, what are we going to do with this thing as we continue to grow? I have no idea. But all I know is without a shadow of a doubt, there is no doubt in my mind this is the next step for us as a vision of our church. You say, well, Mickey, that sounds really cool. What are we going to do on Sunday mornings if we're here? Oh, here's where it even gets better. I've already had three pastors that I've talked to. Because there's no reason for a church to seem empty on Sunday morning. They said, oh, pastor, if you guys could allow us to meet over there on Sunday mornings. We're a newer church, a small congregation. There's about 40 of us. But where we're currently meeting, we, we can't meet there anymore. And I'm going, well, it ain't going to sit here empty. And so we're going to use it not only to be a dream center, for, dream center for Crossroads Community Church, but we're going to allow it to be a church on Sunday morning and help support other local churches as they're carrying the gospel of Jesus Christ to the multitude. You say, oh, we're going to put it under the umbrella of Crossroads? No, we ain't that selfish. Because we're not going to live life simply for ourselves. He said, well, Mickey, how did all of this happen? Through prayer and the right vision. You may tell you how you get $1.3 million buildings offered to you for $300,000. You may tell you how you, you have things like this start to be orchestrated and work out. Two things have to happen. Number one, you can't run out in front of God. You got to have patience and you got to pray. And then number two, you got to make sure in your personal life you've got the right vision. Will you put those four things back up for me, Scott? See, I think most people struggle is this. They're so called up that they want everybody to know God, but the problem is, is everything they're doing in their life, they're just, they're only talking about me. You know, they, they, they say, you know what? I want help people find freedom, but really all they want to do is they just want to have, hey, me, 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 and look how famous I am. I want some recognition. Like they turn around and, and they're like, I want to know where my platform is. Yeah, I want to help people discover their purpose just as long as it's on my platform of the things that are important to me. And then that last one, boy, that's where it gets really tough, isn't it? Boy, I want us to make a difference, but by golly, don't you ask for my dollars. My life's about me making money, not being generous. And let me tell you something. As a church, God is showing uncommon favor to this house. And I'm gonna encourage you with two simple things. Number one, make sure your personal vision and the vision of this house meets up. And number two, don't get left off this train. There's been times in my life where I saw God move in a mighty way and all I could think of was the gratitude and the thankfulness I had just to simply be a part of it. And then the little bit of anxiety that came over when I thought about the fact of how close I was to missing it out of making poor decisions in my own life. And I want to encourage you personally to think about how can I be a part of this vision? Well, let me thank you again for joining us for today's podcast. I really hope you'll spend some time thinking on this one. The personal vision that God has put for you in your life is essential 
to everything that God wants, not only for your life on this earth, but also for the eternal. Man, I want you to know you're loved today. I want you to know you're appreciated today. And if you want to partner with us as we shared with you all the things that God has so graciously done in the life of our church, I want to simply ask you to pray first. Pray about what God would have you do. And then if you would like to partner with us and give to this vision, you can go to crossroadscommunitychurch.com and click on the Give button, and there'll be several options. Thank you so much again for joining us today. I hope you have a great week, and I hope to see you soon if you're ever in the Cleveland, Tennessee area.